Welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Travel Alert. I'm Steve Glenn. And I'm Paul Glenn. This week we've got three hot items we're gonna bring to you. The first is, is American Airlines going belly up in 2024? The second item we have for you today is Marriott Hotel says even if the economy slows down, they're not gonna lower their prices. They wanna have fewer rooms filled, not gonna mess with the lower price. And Paul, you've got a good one. I've got stupid travel mistakes and how to avoid them. So we've all had them. Let's see if we can fix those in the future. All right, the first headline for today is American Airlines headed for bankruptcy again next year if the economy goes south. Paul, if you look at the numbers, American Airlines, which is one of the largest airlines in the, in the country, in the world actually, and I was going through all the numbers. They don't look good for American Airlines. For example, five years ago, their stock price was $40. Today, it's $12. And you say, why could it do that? I mean, the economy's going fast and furious. People are traveling all over the world. But if you look underneath the covers, you see that American just agreed to a 40% increase in the wages for their pilots. Now, that is, that's a lot of money. That's $9 billion over the next four years. Not only that, their flight attendants, they've already offered them about 17% increase in wages. And that doesn't include all the other unions they've got to deal with. So they're dealing with a $9 billion cost over four years. And that's, that's just new expenses. That doesn't yeah. take into consideration the debt that's been a challenge that's been weighing over them for the last handful of years. Let's put this all in perspective. This year, American will probably have one of the best years in the last five years because of the economy and full planes. They're going to probably make about $3 a share or about $2 billion. Okay. What's 9 billion divided by four years? 2.25 billion dollars in extra expenses, right? That's just the pilots. So, uh, if you look at it, there's no way they can make a profit and they'll be losing money. You add that flight attendance. And then the second biggest expense for them is fuel. In the month of August, fuel prices went up 23% for, for jet fuel. So add fuel price increases, add massive amounts of labor costs. And the numbers just don't work for American Airlines. Well, the other piece to this goes to the traveler experience. And, uh, you know, I was just chatting with a friend yesterday who was traveling on American last week, and he was telling me how terrible the experience was. They had to return to their initial airport because they lost an engine. They had all these things that are the nightmares of travel. So, unfortunately, in the addition to the financial challenges, just there, it seems like they're, they're doing everything they can to turn passengers away, too. You know, uh, there's an old funny saying that American Airlines treats their passengers like self-loading freight. <laughs> and basically, they don't want have any experience. They'd want to treat them as, here's a body, stuff it on the plane, and then unload it. And that's how they treat customers. But uh, uh, I wish that they would, would reconsider how they deal with the customer experience because and all the airlines probably get tagged that way a little bit, too. Well, I think there's something to it is as we look at history, you know, it ends up being the traveler and ultimately the taxpayer's issue because they get bailed out every time. Yeah. So, you know, I think knowing that and as they look at history, they know that they're not going to be allowed to fail. Somebody's going to help them clean up their own mess. 
I think in 2021, American Airlines lost almost $8 billion in one year. So uh, I, I hope it doesn't happen. The, the two positive things for American is, number one, they have a boatload of cash. This year, they've, they've hoarded a lot of the cash that they made. So they have a lot of cash. So what, that'll probably keep them out of bankruptcy court. But the other thing is, is they're almost too big to fail. I mean, the government always, as you said, the government always comes in and bails them out. It's like, well, we can't let this airline fail. And that's what they did with United, with American, with uh, uh, Delta during the pandemic and all the other airlines is they basically uh, gave them billions upon billions of dollars and that didn't help any of the consumers any. Yeah, I think that's the consumers, the loser in the long run. The next item up for this week's headline in the Weekly Traveler, if we do head into a recession, Marriott Hotels says hotel discounting will not return like the good old days. They're, they're saying they're willing to give up occupancy or basically have fewer rooms full uh, but keep their rates high. And and that's not normally what happens. Normally when the recessions happen or slowdowns happen, the hotels lower their rates so that they can get more attractive to get people to come over. But they say they're going to keep them high. Yeah, and I just don't know where they can come up with this because the reality is, is Marriott themselves own very few properties. Yeah. They're all independently owned, independently operated. And if I'm the owner of one of those hotels and I see that I could get more occupancy, that's going to have that positive impact on my bottom line at the end of the day. I'm going to give those discounts because I'd rather have that revenue come into my property than the one across the street. So I, I, I think it's a great story that they want to put out there, but I really don't know that they have control. Yeah. And I think we've seen this as a company. We negotiate with hundreds upon hundreds of hotels for our corporate customers. And we find that we are able to negotiate over 30% discount to some of the major uh, booking engines like Expedia and Booking.com. So, and that's because we go direct to the, the hotels, to the owners and say, hey, we'll bring you an extra 300 room nights this year. What kind of rate can you give us? And they give us those good discounts. Well, and I think that's probably what this ties to is they probably won't do any national deals where they're given a flat discount across the board, but then going straight to each property and negotiating. That's when you're dealing with the owners. That's the, those are the people that it's having that impact on their financial situation. So I think it's still going to be, you're still going to be able to get some great discounts. It'll be a great opportunity if there is a recession. But uh, but yeah, I think they're, they're putting out the message that they want so that people aren't expecting something. But I think with some work, it'll still be there. You're saying they got a good PR department. They do. They saying? do. They, they, they got right. some marketing guys. <laughs> Well, the third uh, headline in this week's Weekly Traveler reads, Corporate travel managers expecting hotel rates to increase by 5% or more in 2024. BTN came out with a survey. They did uh, oh, a little over 140 uh, corporate travel managers, Paul, and they said, what do you expect hotel rates to be in 2024? And uh, the majority of them came in, I think it was... Uh, over 50% came in and said, we think there'll be 5% or greater. Now, here's an interesting thing. 25% thought it would be over 10% or greater. So they're expecting inflation and hotel rates to continue into next year, even though in the last two years, it's been massive. Well, and I think this ties into what we've talked about on prior podcasts, where the, the labor challenges and the service challenges. So I think it's justified with that. Um, 
But to that, I think travel managers are now saying, how do we combat that? And they're saying, well, no, let's look at our travel policy. Do we need to take from allowing that four-star hotel and knock that down to a three-star hotel? So, you know, I think now as we as we're approaching the end of this year, it's the time to be looking at that and figuring out if you need to adjust your travel policy in order to, to combat that inflation. It reminds me, we've got these cool analytics within our company that we can take a company's hotels and say, okay, this company stays at all these Marriott hotels. And if you stay at the Marriott level, um, your average rate is $152. If you go down a level to the courtyard by Marriott, your average hotel price would go down to 130. Mm -hmm. And so we can literally tell a company, hey, if you're willing to change your level of hotel stay, for you next year, that would save you three hundred thousand yeah. dollars for your company. So it's cool how now we can deal with analytical data to help a company figure out how to lower their hotel costs. Yeah, it really is. It's it's actually fun to, to to see that happen because there is so much data that's out there, and and there are ways to make it so that your travel program can continue to accomplish what you need and uh, not have that uh, all the things that you don't have control of have an impact on it. The next headline for this week's weekly travel alert reads, sustainability does not take a very high priority on the BTN survey of corporate travel managers. One of the surprising things of this survey is all we've heard about for the last two years is sustainability and travel, sustainability and travel. It's almost as bad as AI and travel, right? Paul, you're sick of me talking uh -huh. about it. But uh, it, it really didn't show up very much in this survey. It's kind of like people are saying, I'm fed up about talking about sustainability and travel. I think it's important and I think it, that, that people care about it. But I think we're still to the point that people aren't willing to make the financial investment. I mean, I think when you look at all the things that are going around us with inflation in general, it's like one more thing that we have to, to invest in in order to be able to counter. So that would be one of the, the reasons that I would feel like that's not something that's making the top of the list is because there is an expense that's tied to it when it comes to the offset of what travel entails with carbon. And, and speaking of sustainability, uh, Executive Travel's made a strong commitment to that to our customers as well. For every airline ticket purchased through Executive Travel, we plant a tree. Yep. And uh, in the last uh, 24 months, it looks like we've gone over 200,000 trees that our company will have planted. And so uh, we, we make that commitment to our customers that we want to help in this, this age of sustainability and how do we try to help offset that carbon footprint that airlines have. And uh, that's been a fun project, hasn't it? Well, it has, and it's, it's been fun because it's different from what a lot of the other opportunities to do carbon offset entail. Because we actually know and can see the trees being planted. This right. isn't a send money somewhere that's saying they're going to do something, and then there's nothing to ever see of it. This is local programs, and, and we know where the trees are being planted. The next big item for this week's headline in the weekly travel alert is really uh, coming up on us, Paul, this week, Executive Travel is hosting Simplifying Travel 2023. It's where we gather all of our customers and prospects and our employees, too. We take them there. We do uh, seminars throughout the day dealing with all the hot topics. I'm going to read some of these topics to, sure. our, to our listeners. 
Um, one number one's 2024, ready or not, here we come. I'm looking in the rear view mirror at 2023 and uh, all the predictions for 2024. That's always a fun segment, Paul. Travel 4.0, the future of travel management post-COVID. Um, my head is spinning. How do I keep up with all the travel industry changes? That's one I'm going to put on. That's a fun one. Uh, the next item we have, one of the seminars we have is Press the easy button for an, on corporate group travel, which should be a good one. And then one close to my heart is, AI, Ch here yeah, is chat GPT <laughs> and how generative AI will affect the travel industry. And I'm working on preparing that even to, to this day. I'm sure that'll be a really fun one. But, you know, you went to a conference here a week ago, and, and I actually took this to a conference I was at last week and shared it. But the the impact of AI and the realization that, you know, you, the, the statement you brought back was no one's going to lose their job to AI people will lose their jobs to other people that are using AI. Absolutely. So I think that's that's that really was an enlightening statement that you brought back. And when I shared it with other, other peers in our industry last week, they were all uh, boggled by that one. The next one is fear no evil. Here comes NDC and how to prepare for the opportunities. That's kind of an internal travel industry thing. Probably the average traveler isn't aware of and what that'll mean. And then we have two more. One is how to build your 2024 travel management business plan that works and fast and furious new travel technology and how it will impact business travel in the future. So that's just some of the programs we'll have this week when we're down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and when it's 90 degrees and sunny down there, which I guess it's going to be, and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, it's going to be an exciting time. You know, we haven't been able to do this for a couple of years. And so being able to pull our, our clients and prospects and employees back together and have the social uh, interaction is something that, you know, it's the highlight of, of when we get to do this. So, so much fun. And we've got such great clients and people that we work with. And our team is so amazing that that's what makes it so exciting for me. You bet. And the last thing I put on this week's weekly travel alert is I'm so excited to take our whole staff this weekend to Florida for the company meeting. You know, 30 years ago, Paul, we became a virtual company. We literally started having people work from home because we had one of our great agents, JP, was one moving, of the best. Yep. Was moving to Illinois. We said we can't let that happen. So uh, 30 years ago, we put a T1 tel telephone line from here, Lincoln, Nebraska, to Chicago, just so she could work from her home. Now, since that time, the internet's come about, other things have made it a lot easier. But basically, most of our employees don't live in, and work in our company office. Yeah. And so this is the one time a year we get to bring all of our people together and we'll have them in Fort Lauderdale, Florida this weekend. And it's just an exciting time because it's our time to to, I say to people, to laugh, to hug. And it's, it's, it's that the family can get back together. It's almost like a reunion when we do this. Yeah, it's yeah. so much fun, and, and it is. It's uh, when, you're, when you're not interacting in person on a regular basis, there's a lot that's lost. And, and because we have so many people like JP that have been with us for so long, you know, it is hugs and tears, and, and new memories are made every time. That's the, uh, the other fun thing about it is friendships and relationships are deepened every time we do this. 
Paul, it's time for a travel week in review. Tell us what you got cooking this week. Yeah, I had a fun one that I put in there last week because we've all done it. We've all gotten to the airport or gotten to our destination and realized that uh, we forgot something or we, we messed something up. And so the one that I, I had from last week was stupid travel mistakes and how to avoid them. So does it have my name in parenthesis there under stupid? Well, no, it's it's one because I think we all do it. You know, when you're traveling every other week, there's always something and, and there's there's genuine uh, miscommunications that, that happen in the process as well. But uh, yeah, this was just kind of caught me because I, I know we've all done this. So, you know, I think the, the first one that they, they say, and this comes especially when you're doing international travel, is, you know, you say 10-11, I say 11-10 for dates. Yeah. So... The mar the mar month and the date the are flipped in Europe. Date. Yeah. Yes. And in Asia and all those. So... Yeah, it's really tough. So when you are doing international travel and dealing with uh, with carriers that are in a different location, that's uh, something where, you know, the stories of somebody showing up and, and the gate agent saying, well, welcome, Mr. Glenn. I see that you're on the flight tomorrow, and I thought I was on the flight today. So, yeah. you know. That's Americans. That, 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 yeah. that we assume, we yeah. assume way too much. We assume now, same, that, same with time, because in, in Europe, they'll go 1423. And Americans go, what's 1423? It's 223, right, right in yeah. the afternoon. So uh, same thing with date and with time. So the next one that was on here is, if it's too good to be true, confirm. <laughs> so and this was an example of somebody that uh, booked a rental car, and they thought that they were getting a full week for $400 and that they were prepaying for that. Instead, when they went to return the car, the car rental company uh, asked them for the balance of the payment, which was another $900. So oh, yeah. uh, something where they just assumed that everything was included with what was put up there on the price when they went to book without going into the small print. So if it looks too good to be true, dig deeper into what the details it's are. It's probably a good reason to use a travel advisor. Well, too, that's right? another reason why this one kind of stood out. Because if you have a good advisor, then then you hopefully aren't having to deal with these uh, these mistakes. And then the last one that was the, the top three they had here was trust but verify. Um, and this comes to just general you know, Google. This was an example of somebody that had rented a car and they were looking at you know their itinerary and going out to vineyards and exploring. And so they used Google Maps. Well, they didn't realize that how the return of the search came back was giving them instructions that made it so that it was an impassable road for what they had. So, <laughs> you know, I think you've got to, with everything, just confirm that what you think you're getting into is actually what you're getting into. Yeah, and I think that's with uh, search engines. It's also with generative AI. You know, it's... Uh, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true, doesn't mean it's the best. So you have to validate uh, what what's going on there. Double check it, triple check it to make sure, uh, because some of that stuff in AI is just made up. Well, and I think, you know, this is also something for us to take internally, because our advisors need to make sure that they're doing the double and triple check on these things. So a couple more quick was the paying attention to the time, not the day. And this kind of goes to what you hit. But, uh, you know, especially when traveling internationally, a lot of times you're traveling overnight. Right. And so, you know, looking as I, as I am looking at a, a trip that we're taking next summer, you know, I have to go in, leave two days early 
so I can get there the day before the cruise leaves so I make sure I've got enough time and don't have any flight interruptions that would get in the way. So, you know, but you have to recognize that you're flying overnight, you're losing days in certain directions, and, and uh, that needs to be taken into consideration. That's especially true when I go to Asia and India because I go over the international date line. So literally, when I leave here, I arrive in two days. Literally. And when you come back, when I come you're back. getting back before you left yes. over there. Yeah. So, so it's, it's really amazing that the time issues, and you've got to study that. And once again, a good travel advisor can help you with all the issues of time, currency, date, all those things to double check, to be your coach. And so this sounds like an advertisement, doesn't it? Uh-huh. And then the last one that I had on here, and, and this one, because I never do this, and I didn't uh, didn't ever think about it, but um, always share your flight information with the rental car. So obviously when we book a rental car, it's tied to your airline ticket, so all that's in there. But there are times where I'll be on the road and I'll book a car from my app, and I never plug in my flight information. But, you know, the, the thing is, is the rental companies can track if flights are delayed and things. And, and if they don't have that information, they might release your car figuring you're going to no-show. So yeah. they're much more likely to still have that car waiting for you if there's a delay or something else that impacts your arrival if they've got that flight information to follow you. Hotels are the same way. Sometimes, like I know I was going to arrive in late into New York City the other day, and uh, so I called up, up the hotel and said, hey, I'm not going to get in until 1 in the morning. I was expecting to be in at 9 p.m., but a, a delayed flight. So I wanted them to keep my room. The last thing I wanted to do is get there after midnight and not have a room. So, yeah, it's it's good to stay up on all that. Those are good tips. Yeah, well, hopefully they're some value for us. At least it's a good reminder for me before I get on a flight here later this week to make sure I've got all my ducks in a row. You bet. Once again, thank you for joining us on this week's Weekly Travel Alert. I'm Steve Glenn. I'm Paul Glenn. Please like, subscribe, and share, and add any comments or questions so we can make sure to touch on the topics that are uh, of interest to you in the future. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week.